Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. Hey everybody, this is Kyle V, host of the Ozark Podcast. If you like the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast, we have a show for you. We sit down with local outdoorsmen of Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma to talk all things hunting, fishing, conservation, history, and culture in the Ozark Mountains region. Just like the outdoorsmen who live here, we follow the seasons and interview regional experts to discuss the pursuits of hunting turkeys, bears, and whitetail, as well as the science behind their conservation. Join me and my co-host Kyle Plunkett every Wednesday and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You're listening to the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Now let's get to the episode. Presented by Hunting Exchange, a marketplace for serious hunters by serious hunters. Welcome back, everybody, to another Southern Outdoorsman listener success story. And uh, this week we got a super special celebrity guest on this podcast. We have the the one himself, the armadillo, Michael Pike. What's going on, brother? Oh, nothing much, buddy. <laughs> well, listen, you know, yeah, I hear Michael on here. Now, Michael is not the person we're interviewing. No, he's just going to celebrity guest for this podcast episode. But yeah, uh, I've talked to Haynes for a while, and uh, I, I'm just interested to hear his story because we were going to go over it anyway. So, what better way to do it than this? Absolutely. Well. Jump the gun a little bit. We got uh, old Haynes uh, Riddle on the podcast coming in from Alabama, who uh, has knocked down two, you know, great bucks this year. One being an absolute giant, 
getting killed on potentially the hardest uh, hardest. Mm, well, Mike, how would you describe Black Horde? One of the, the heaviest pressured, hardest places to hunt in Alabama. The hardest place to hunt in Alabama Period. by far. Period. No questions asked. Yeah. Like, and anybody that's who who's hunted it will tell you this. You know the same exact thing. So, um, it's just you know you got to be dedicated and you got to put in your time. And it sounds like uh, you did just that. Yeah, Haynes. So Haynes, how you doing, man? Man, I'm I'm still living on cloud nine. It seems like I've had a really good past uh, couple of weeks. So uh, doing good. How about you guys? Hey, doing well. Not not as well as you, man. Again, I say that all the time on these listener success stories. <laughs> it's like not as <laughs> yeah. well as you guys. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but no. So, dude, you've knocked down two really. I mean, your first buck you killed was a freaking excellent deer, dude. I mean, he's a freaking is an awesome buck. Um, that you kill on Black Warrior, and then you get the uh, the second deer, which is an absolute giant, uh, which is awesome. And we're going to kind of dive into it a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, kind of kick off this episode, I've got to ask Haynes, you know, first off, how long have you been listening to the podcast, and how did you hear about the show? I, I've been listening to uh, your podcast. Well, let me say first how much I appreciate what you guys do. Uh, man, this, this podcast, it it keeps me going. It kind of adds a little fuel to the fire for me, you know, and, uh, but I've been listening since, uh, whenever Mr. Perry, his first podcast, and I actually seen it the way I found out about it. I seen it on, I guess it was the, somebody had shared it on the Bankhead or black warrior mm-hmm. page on Facebook. And, you know, I didn't even know, I pod, I thought podcasts were, you know, I didn't even know they had deer hunting podcast. I, I, I'm kind of like the guy that was on, I think, last week that was saying the same thing. I had no idea uh, about, a, you know, that there was even such thing. And so I listened to him and I was at that time I was already, you know, hunting the Black Warrior. And it just, you know, it, it, it definitely helped me. Yeah, so Mr. Perry was the first one that kind of got you fired up and kind of got listening to the podcast and his podcast in general. Uh, and I think that was episode uh, that was episode one thirty nine, the first time we had him on. Um, and you know, like you know, we a lot of our other, especially Alabama listeners, but even people outside of the state of Alabama, that's been a a common uh, episode when it comes to listener success stories um, or just a common really guess. Uh, so Mr. Perry was the one that kind of got you fired up about. So you've been listening for I guess a couple years now. Yes, I think it's been about uh, two, two or three years now. I don't, I don't really remember Man. exactly uh, uh, when that was. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been it's been a few years, and uh, I don't, I, don't, I haven't missed the episode. I don't think. Yeah, I would call you one of our OG listeners. <laughs> That's right. So, all right. So, so uh, Miss Perry's episode was the one that kind of got you first fired up about it. Started listening to the podcast and went down the rabbit hole. Uh, I, I've got to ask, especially while we're talking about this. When it comes to you diving into starting listening to the podcast and starting to hear different guys' perspectives, what were some of those episodes that's been impactful for you since you started listening uh, that's maybe played a factor for you over the last couple of years? Well, you know, uh, of course, uh, this, you know, a couple of guys from Alabama that, that I really enjoy listening to. Uh, of course, Jamie McKay, he's kind of a local guy here and just, just listen to him, his knowledge and wisdom. And that's been, you know, he's, he's learned all that, you know, and, uh, of course, Mr. Myers, I, I can't believe, I, you know, was t- 
talking about that earlier. I can't believe I didn't even mention uh, Mr. Myers and, uh, of course, Wes Moy uh, is a is an absolute great one uh, that that I you know I've learned from him listening to his podcast. Uh, and then outside outside of you know those guys from kind of around here, uh, Bobby Worthington and Nathan Killen, their episodes, and I know Bobby Worthington has I think a couple uh, possibly, but uh, definitely those guys, the, the knowledge and wisdom that they have is uh, you know the things that I, I've taken from them, from their episodes, and and it's not just those so don't if everybody's out there and or anybody's out there and they're like well i want to learn how to hunt the black warrior you're you're not just you know it's not going to come just from listening to one of these podcasts you need to listen i would my my recommendation would be listen to all of them and even if it's somebody that's not from even anywhere around here you can catch something and take it from that episode and try to apply that to your style of hunting yeah, absolutely. And there's a couple of episode numbers just to let listeners know if they're not familiar with those episodes. So like Tony Myers, which again, Mr. Myers, um, he's killed some absolute giants from that region uh, of the state and also off those pieces of public land. Uh, it was episode 191 and 263. And that's a really good one. And uh, actually, we're going to have him back on hopefully in the off season to uh, do another episode that I'm super excited about. Uh, he talked about Bobby Worthington, of course, uh, and probably it sounded like it was from the one closing the deal which was a, a pretty long, in-depth uh, interview that I did with him, which was episode 297, uh, where he kind of just really breaks it down. And, I mean, really kind of breaks down and simplifies bow hunting and really what it takes mm-hmm. to not only get yourself in front of that buck, but be able to get him killed on the ground. Uh, you mentioned Wes Moe, dude, absolute classic as well. He's been on many a times, uh, but his first two episodes, which have been super impactful for a lot of guys, is episode 146 and 189. Uh, he's uh, famous for, or, or uh, I say famous, well known for uh, their style of uh, hunting with firearms during rifle season, which what he calls wolf packing, um, which actually they're going to be doing this weekend up there on the Black Warrior. Um, talked about, uh, of course, you know, we talked about uh, Glenn Solomon. Uh, actually, we might talked about him earlier, but that's a, that's just a classic episode we talk about all the time, episode 116. Yeah, for sure, Glenn Solomon. Hey, that Whenever I heard that, my mind was just kind of blown on some things for sure yeah oh man uh he was the one that got a lot of this started up for us with the podcast to be 100 percent honest um you know i I always tell people you know you can go back and listen to episodes before then but if it was me i'd start about episode 114 and work your way forward uh there's some some good older ones but uh he's the one that kind of changed our perspective on that hunting that thick cover which then kind of changed the way we started interviewing people and also who we started targeting for guests and find guys that were doing stuff similar to him. So that's episode 116, an absolute classic. And, of course, Michael Perry, man. Michael Perry's been on a bunch. Uh, two of his, I guess, more well-known episodes is episode uh, 260 from over in the summer, talking about creek crossings and bluff gaps. And then episode uh, 139, I believe, uh, which is the first time he came on, which is, uh, again, very impactful. That was after he killed those two big bucks up there on – Black where the real wide buck with his bow, and then the the real big like eleven point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a classic. Um, but so Haynes, there's a bunch of different episodes. As again, a lot of things have been impactful for you. But is there anything super specific? As in, like before the episode, you you were doing something, or before you started listening to the podcast, 
you had a certain way of going about doing things. And after hearing some episodes or hearing different guests talk, it then changed your mindset of like, hey, instead of doing what I used to do, which maybe wasn't working for me that well, I'm going to try to start doing what these guys are doing and start having success. Right. And, it, you know, it's hard to just point to one single episode or one thing. Um, but, you know, the way that, you know, I've hunted my whole life. That's all I've ever done. I mean, it's all my dad did, you know, which they grew up running dogs over there. My dad was from Moreland, if you know where that is. It's very close to the Black Warrior. I live in Coleman County. And, uh, you know, so we, uh, when I was a kid, we'd go over there and run dogs. And so their style of hunting and kind of the way I grew up hunting is totally different from uh, the way we hunt now. And uh, I was also, you know, when I got you know, maybe like a teenager on up, we was in some hunting clubs and, you know, we'd, we'd sit on the food plots and just hope that a deer would come out, you know, just hoping. And, uh, and that was kind of, whenever I started hunting the black warrior, I decided, you know, like, man, I don't, I didn't really have anywhere to go hunt a, you know, what I would consider a trophy buck. And I, there so I said, what, what, what better place than Bankhead, you know, which I don't know if people know when uh, Bankhead and Black Warrior, which you guys just ta- actually talked about it on one of your latest episodes, I think. They kind of go hand in hand, that Bankhead being the forest land and Black Warrior being the management area part of that. But, you know, I said, well, why don't, why don't I get over there and just, and you know, try to make something happen. And, you know, when I start, it kicked my butt, man. It was you know, I thought, well, I'm going to just walk back as far as I can and I'm going to hunt. And, you know, and I'd look at a topo map and I would think like right here is where a deer will be at. And, you know, the first time I would go in, I would hunt that and I would not see anything. I wouldn't see any sign. And, you know, and basically I was what, what you call hanging and hoping, you know, and I, that didn't work out. And so then I started deciding, you know, that I made the, what all these guys have in common that we named every one of them scout and they i'm pretty sure they scout a lot or they scouted a lot in the past and they kind of know their spots and so that was kind of what i was missing so it was actually about three years ago when i was hunting i would kind of go hunting in the morning and then i would start scouting in the afternoons you know and so i would you know, I would go sit and hunt and then I would go and kind of walk and, and try to find somewhere and I'd find sign and, you know, and I was still kind of hung up on this is where a big deer should be. You know, like there should be a big deer out here. And I wasn't really grasping like what Bobby Worthington said about, you know, big bucks are where you find them. And that's that that's something that, you know, when he said that the other day, I thought that was that's exactly right big bucks are where you find them at and just to be honest with you guys there's no telling you know from that that was that was three years ago and then last year i killed up you know i had some success last year and that was because of you know uh some in-season scout scouting from the year before and some you know out of season scouting but i killed up i think he was 132 inch nine point last year you know on the forest and I, I was i was super proud of that deer and uh so from there i i can't i gotta mention my hunting buddy uh partner chase parker um 
you know, I got with him and I was like, man, there's big deer to be killed over there. I, I know it. And I, you know, I said, I'm, I'm running a few cameras. I'm wanting to run more. Um, let's, let's go, let's, let's scout. And, and so we really, really made a run at it this off season. Um, and, and really in the past, I guess it would be the past year and a half. We, and, uh, especially between February and, you know, September, we, we was in the woods. I, I wrote down a number here today of how many scouting trips I, I had over there just, and this isn't really coming up with off the top of my head. Cause another thing I started doing is writing everything down. I know you guys had a guess and I was trying to think of him and I cannot think who it is, but I know you had, well, of course, uh, Mr. Womack, of course, but then there was another guy too that writes everything down. But just Michael Perry, Michael Perry has my, a journal and uh, he writes all of his hunts down, like where he saw deer, what he killed. Yeah, um, that's another one. Yeah, him, him and and I, I started writing down like you know my scouting trips and stuff, and I and I, I think we we've, we've got around forty trips over there, uh, you know, out of season this past year um and that's not that's not just driving over there and you know walking in the woods a couple hundred yards and, and coming back to the truck i mean these is you know several miles that we put in and you know we fought off the rattlesnakes and the chiggers and the ticks and everything else this summer over there just trying to figure these deer out and uh you know we definitely ain't got them figured out but uh we're we're trying to trying to get there and uh chase you know having a good hunting partner is another thing and i think west moy is one that's real big on that is having a good hunting partner and that would be a kind of my advice is to anybody that if you can find somebody that's kind of on your same level and that's willing to put, put forth the effort that you're wanting to um and that you can trust that's 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 another big thing and i probably jake i'm sorry i probably got totally probably didn't even answer what you wanted me to answer i just i told you guys when i get talking about deer hunting i'll talk too much so <laughs> well you're good so um so haynes i mean there's a it sounds like there was a big moment when it came to like you hunting you know you know this area this piece of public land uh you know roughly about three years ago and then kind of the influx of listening to all these other guys that are successful hunting there but also just hunting in other places some in alabama some outside the state of alabama but they all had their specific things they did or do that helps them be successful and you started kind of figuring out how can i implement some of this stuff and then also teaming up with your buddy chase and everybody else of trying to figure out okay what do we need to do to be successful in going in coming with the game plan put the scouting in and then, you know, starting to cash in. And it seems like, you know, last year y'all were having some success. And then this year, dude, y'all been absolutely on fire. Because as of right now, y'all have got three bucks down. Is that right? That's that's right. We've got three three uh, mounters on, on uh, down right now. That's right. And just and, to let the listeners know, what, what, what kind of range? I, I think y'all scored. I think you told me you scored all three of them uh, or roughly. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I killed a nine-point uh and he he scored uh 125 inches uh and chase's buck that he killed uh this past friday was a 147 inch 10 point and then and then my deer that i killed the next day was 151 inch uh well he's a mainframe eight with a two 
two little kickers. Yeah, you take, that's impressive. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Dude. Listen, that's that, that's the, that deer, by the way. You're you're. I'm gonna call it big eight, man. You just need to shave off those little those little kickers on there. Dude, he, he, <laughs> he's a giant dude, huge, massive frame. Yeah. Actually, I, I was talking about. I was actually talking to another guy, and uh, actually showed him uh, Haynes deer, t- and uh, I was showing him that Haynes deer, and then also uh, Mr. Perry's deer. He's like, I almost want to shoot that typical instead of the non-typical. Yeah. <laughs> that big old freaking frame on. But uh, so Haynes, y'all have had some unbelievable success this year. Uh, what has been is there, has there been any other kind of takeaways, especially going into this season, that made this season different from what y'all been doing, you know, the last couple seasons? I'd say the number of trail cameras if, would be one thing. Um, we run a lot of trail cameras, and we don't we don't live and die by them by no means. And but we're 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 running more this year because we're preparing for next year because you know we don't we don't go and check them i mean unless we're going in there to hunt and after a hunt we might check them or we you know but we won't like walk off in a thicket if we have one in a thicket we won't go in there just to check we're gonna wait like we've got i don't know i've got four or five that i know that i won't check until after the season's over probably just because they're you know and some trails that are in some bedding areas, and I just don't want to get in that, you know, kind of thick, I guess, and, and that close to to spoke out anything. But this kind of inventory, uh, running those trail cameras has made a, a huge difference for me. I mean, it's a huge – it's a confidence booster, too, that, to know that what, what is in there, you know. Yeah. Like the, yeah, I mean, it lets you know, like, it does. I mean – there's there's two ways of looking at it like you can look at it and you could be in there non-stop checking these trail cameras um and you know it could be detrimental but mm-hmm. if if you know what's in the area it it lets you know what areas you can key in on let lets right. you know hey is there a big buck in this area or is this area like a bunch of little dinks you know it it, it gives you a lot of information and we use that uh last year on our wma um between three of us i mean we we put out all these trail cameras i mean we had a ton of bucks and was able to capitalize you know by using that trail camera information even though we didn't have them out all year long it let us know right. what areas we needed to focus on so absolutely it does it, it definitely helps that that's a that's a big thing and and you know we're running we're running a lot and, and we're planning on, you know, of course, after you have this, this kind of success, you know, we're, we're talking about how we could, you know, kind of go bigger and better next year. So, so uh, I got to say this, talk about, you know, leaving trail cameras up to next year. Oh, Michael Pike found a camera he forgot about yeah. and, and happened to have a freaking sl- a slam. Dude, listen, the photos <laughs> he posted are not that great photos of the, one of the deer. One of those deer is a freaking stud, dude. Yeah. And I'm like. I'll have to post the actual video The video, of it. yeah. Yeah, because it's a lot different than looking at still. Yeah. I mean, these were giants. And there was like four four shooter bucks. And, um, I mean. All, all of them at one point or another was all daylight <laughs> in the same spot, same little ridge. Man. Yeah. All within a certain like within like a ten day period so, of time, and it was actually the first rut, like I guess an early rut is what yeah. we would probably even call it, um, because that camera did not light up. Uh, twenty eight days later, I got one one good buck come through the twenty eight days later, mm-hmm. but um, but 
all of them did not show back up. That could be also because a lot of them got killed. (laughs) There's a lot of bucks that got killed over there last year. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. Um, Where are we going at? Yeah, keeping that organized, too, is a big thing. That's uh, Chase was talking to us past week, and he said, you reckon we ever forget about any cameras? And I said, no, I don't. He said, how do you know? I said, because I – and I – I actually got a, like, you know, you got your notes on your phone or whatever, and I've got every one of them wrote down or whatever. So I, I shared that with him and uh, made sure we was on the same page. But you got to, I'm telling you, it's I can see where it'd be very, very easy to forget that you had a camera somewhere. Yeah, so last year, I'm just going to mention this real quick. Um, so last year, I had actually uh, color-coded everything. Um, I had... Uh, it was a white camera icon on Onyx, and that was for potential spots. Mm-hmm. Then it would change to, I think, red um, whenever the camera was actually out. And then once I took it off of, um, like, once I removed it, I turned it yellow. And yep. that was to keep it straight, like, hey, have I had a camera in this location before? Is the camera still there, or have I removed it? And mm-hmm. so... I this camera actually showed that it was still there, but I'd already been in there to check the camera and I noticed that it didn't have a lot of deer on it. And so I thought I'd actually pulled the camera and forgot to change the pin. So my information was correct on my phone. If I would have followed through with you know what I what I put in my phone, then I would have been good, but I didn't. I just assumed that I'd pulled it when I checked it and it was pretty you know, it, it was just off the beaten path, and I just didn't go in to, to double check. So I was running so many cameras last year. I think I was running like 10 cameras. So anyways, and I was rotating them through like every week to two weeks. So it got to be a lot of a lot of camera locations, yeah. a lot of camera yeah. pulls and everything like that. So, but uh, that, can, that can be a lot of work, too, Yeah, people don't realize so, Haynes, we got to talk a little bit about these hunts, man. So, you know, we talked about some of the episodes that have been impactful for you uh, and just kind of like change the mindset, you know, some of the guys talking about different things. I know uh, I'm sure, you know, some of the factors probably with Mr. Perry talking about the creek crossings, bluff gaps, kind of, you know, maybe the historical sign, how he's running trail cameras and using that data for the following years probably maybe played a factor for you guys. Um, but what kind of go into this hunt, again, going into this year, you know, had the mindset change, hey, we're running more cameras, having a different approach. Going into, especially, you know, I guess you say late October uh, and, and, you know, gun season starting to come in, about to get ready to come in uh, November, um, you know, what was the mindset change? What what was going on for y'all to kind of pinpoint where you were going to be uh, to kind of execute and, you know, have some opportunities? Right. I, so, uh, kind of long-term, you know, plan, I guess you could say, was – Bow season, you know, I didn't want to put too much pressure on my places and, uh, you know, hunted a good bit, but not not much success during bow season. And so, you know, we pretty well knew where we was going to be the opening rifle hunt. And I actually sat from daylight till dark and didn't see a shooter. It was, I seen a couple of small bucks and a couple of does, but the buck we was after we didn't didn't see him so you know no luck and uh then you know guns uh, rifle season gets around and uh i had 
taking some vacation last week and you know i knew that you know the rifle hunt coming up was on thursday friday and saturday and so you know i had was going monday tuesday and wednesday i was uh going to hunt and i'd hunted the b side the weekend before and, and had some good really good deer over there but didn't have any luck getting on any deer uh any big any shooter bucks didn't see any shooter bucks so uh monday uh morning i was gonna hunt the forest and i wasn't sure where i was gonna go so i checked you know checked the wind and everything and i knew where there's a pine thicket and it held several does and this was actually some info that i was had gained you know from some of those scouting trips uh in in season scouting trips from like a year or two before and uh so i go in this you know it's one of them places that's you know hard to get to and uh, i go and i climb on the edge of a pine thicket and there's a hardwood holler behind me and a trail that runs along the side of the the uh thicket and i'm looking up in the thicket and so that that buck that i killed that was uh you know that was a nine point monday and he was he was in there running a doe and uh you know i shot him just right behind a doe but i seen you know several deer that morning and uh when he come through i didn't wasn't even sure you know it was kind of one of them deals he's so thick it's like man i don't i knew whenever i i seen the doe and she's kind of coming down the hill and i see him him and i throw up my scope to look and i see his horns i'm like yeah that's a shooter for sure so you know they run they run off the hill then they come back and you know kind of zigzagging and so there for like a minute and a half i'm just got my gun up and i'm just you know back and forth just like all right please just as soon as you get a shot we're gonna gonna take him and so sure enough she the doe got she came i don't know about 30 yards from me so i and he was just right behind her and you know it just one shot he hit the he hit the ground and so uh, that was I, I was so pumped and if you'd have told me right then that it was going to get better I would have been like how you know this is this is as good as it gets you know so that was last Monday and so I was actually in back in the same spot the next day hoping uh, that that you know since there was a hot doe in the area I was back in the actually in the same tree the next day seen some deer uh, actually filmed a small eight point and uh, that I passed on and um so anyways uh hunted you know Wednesday uh and then Thursday was back over in the Black Warrior side uh of the forest and and hunting in there and didn't have any luck Thursday and uh so kind of got down before the rain I think it was about 12 or 1 o'clock when the rain moved in so got to the truck about that time and so Thursday uh, and I guess, I don't know, do you want me to just keep going? And, yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. So, okay, so, no, go ahead if you got questions. Well, I mean, the the first, I'll say the one question I would have just on the first deer, the first deer you killed yeah. in that thicket, is that something that, you know, you know, five, six, seven years ago, would you have targeted something like that previously? Is this something that, again? No. Is, yeah, that's, and that's what I've changed as a hunter. And that's something that, that, I, I tell people too now is you know stay out of the pretty woods used to i would have been climbed and possibly in that same tree but i would have been facing the opposite way where i could see 
further. You know, that's what a lot of hunters, you know, you, you want to see a long distance and that, that's just human nature. You know, you think like the further you can see the better opportunity you're going to have to see a deer, but that's not the case. You got to look where deer are at and those deer are not out in those, especially over there. Um, they're not out in the open area very much at all. So yeah, that was something that I definitely, you know, five or six years ago, I definitely would not have been in that spot. And that's, that's come through trial and error, growing as a hunter, listening to these, you know, vet, veterans on the hunters on these pot, y'all's podcast, man, has it's really helped me and, and changed my way of thinking, you know, what a, where a deer is going to be at, not where I think a deer should be at. Houndstooth Game Calls is your home for turkey calls this spring. Go check them out. They got all the classic turkey calls. You know, they got the pot calls and the box calls and the mouth calls, but they also got a couple really interesting calls. One of them is called the the success call, and you just need to go look it up. It's very, it's like a box call that you can work with one hand. It's really, really cool. Sounds incredible. They also got the Spur Master, which is another very unique call that you can get some really unique, clean tones out of. They're going to help you out this turkey season. Use the promo code SOP24 to get 15% off of your order at Houndstooth Game Calls. That's SOP24. Use it at checkout. It helps the podcast. Mm, good point. Yeah, you know, hunting the deer where they're at, not where you want them to be at. Right. Which now, so, but, but once you, I can say this, you can say that, but once you, once you kind of get an understanding where they're at, then you can hunt them where you want them to be because you know where they're going to be and you can get in there. Like, I found a spot like that today, which we'll talk about probably next week's outro. Yeah. And uh, anyways, it's, whoo, son. It's, it's, it's where they want to be. It's where I want to be, too. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Well, but, if you got a spot like that, you got something special. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, dude. It's like, it's like oh, yeah. God, it's a good spot. We'll see. Oh, we're recording this on a Thursday. Hopefully, Friday, hopefully, tomorrow morning, we get a, we get a, a nice buck down with the bow. Oh, so, man. So I can't wait. We're going there, Charlie. I hope you do. Uh, well, appreciate it. Well, dude, well, we got to get back to this, though, because I, I want to know. So, you've had success with the first deer. And then kind of the weeks start progressing. When, when did Chase shoot his buck? Because I know that was the next one in the lineup that, that got down. So I killed that I killed that deer on the uh, – let's see. I had it wrote down here. I killed that deer on the 22nd, I think, or something like that. Yeah, the 22nd. And uh, Chase shot his uh, on Friday, the 26th. And that was a rifle hunt on the Black Warrior. And uh, – so me and him had found this spot that we had hunted that area and we was running cameras in that area and knew we the buck he killed we had on camera the year before and we I'm I'm sure we've got him on camera now but we've there's a few that we've not checked but um, we had him on camera last year and we found this spot that was you know it's one of them spots that it's hard to get to and. You know, not really having to worry about people coming on you. And uh, it's a good thicket. There's a good bedding area up top, and there's a, a, a trail that goes off the side of the hill. Uh, actually, two different trails. Me and him was about 350 yards apart. And, uh, well, I'll tell you this. We, we started walking at 4.15 that morning, and we got to the base. I got to the base of my tree about the same time he did because we kind of went out there and split, and it was 5.55. So it was, you know, like a over an hour and a half to, to get in. And that, But this is not walking like your normal walking either. I mean, when you 
Well, that's another thing that's changed. You ask what's changed with me. I have definitely slowed down and been, I'm way, way more quiet. I'm way, way more conscious about what I'm touching with my bare hands, you know, and not leaving any scent. So, you know, this is really slipping in there, you know, really quiet because it's possible that there's deer bedded close. And so anyways, we get back there on the, on the back side of that stuff and, and climb. And I think it was eight 30, no, seven, seven, uh, 30. Uh, I hear two shots, uh, just back to back and we got walkie talkies. And, uh, so he, he comes on the radio and says, hey, I just shot that big 10 point. He's down. I'm like, well, he, he, he's down. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you just got no chase. Everybody listens to this podcast can, you know, he, he gets, I'm talking about, he gets tore up and it, he, you know, he'll, he get, he got so tore up on the radio. I was tore up. I was over there shaking. You know, so, <laughs> I mean, he, and that, which that's what I saw about too, but, uh, he, he did, he, he was sitting there and, uh, was facing. And I'm telling you that the trail, a lot of hunters would not have ever seen this deer, but he caught a glimpse of the deer. He knew you know, he pretty sure he knew which bucket was it. Well, it was in some laurel uh, bushes and stuff, and so it steps up, and he has a scope on him, but he can't. He needs it to take, you know, another step. And the way he's got a crosswind blowing, and it is just, I mean, it's barely missing that deer. I mean, we was really threading the needle that morning when we when we went in there where we hunt i actually didn't hunt the tree that i that we had scouted out i had actually moved about 50 yards you know off of the trail because i was afraid my scent would blow down it and so he, he i think he actually done the same thing but anyway so the deer steps up there and he said it he looked at it through his scope for like five minutes and he but he can't shoot and then finally you know and that deer's just you know, both just scent checking, I guess. And finally he take, he goes to take a step and he didn't know if he was going to take a step and turn. I don't, I kind of feel like if he was going to turn, he would have, you know, he would have just bolted. He, he thought he might've got his scent, but you know, I, I, I think that the deer was, was just sitting there just was so, because what we learned later is another hunter had walked down in the bottom about you know few several hundred yards from us and we think that that deer might have been spooked and he was probably on alert and which you know that when you're over there hunting in the black warrior you know those deer can hear all those vehicles like you know there's no vehicles in the morning over there and then all of a sudden that's one saturday morning there's you know a ton of trucks and traffic on the road so i, I feel like they they probably kind of that probably puts them on alert more maybe but Anyways, he steps up there, and uh, the deer finally steps out. He shoots, he boom, says he hits the ground, turns around, and he shoots him again. You know, and that's, I know, I don't know how you guys feel like, about like that, but mine and his philosophy is, is them, the bucks that me and him's after, we're going to shoot them until they're dead. It's, you know, we're, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know if I yeah. agree with no, that or no, whatever. No, we're I'm not going to take a, we're not going to take a bad, bad shot, but. He he hit that buck in the shoulder, and the they both bullet hole entries was like two inches apart. I mean, he put just a 
you know, killer two killer shots on that deer. I mean, he was just dead right then. And so, I mean, that was and that was a old deer. They aged it like seven and a half years old, um, hundred and forty seven inch ten point. Just a beautiful old black warrior brute, man. And I couldn't have been more happy, you know, because there we are like well that was two that week that we had killed you know and so we're after he shoots it uh you know we i meet up with him and you know it's of course we got the drag out and we get it back and that's that's the biggest deer he's ever killed and uh so we of course we go back through and he's from addison and a lot of our friends are from addison which is right outside of the black warrior we stopped there at the grocery store and we're uh oh heights people pe- yeah oh heights man we're, we're outside <laughs> heights and people stopping by man we're pumped up we're showing this deer and everything and everybody's like man that's two y'all got this week that's awesome you know and uh chase's chase's daddy his we call him stalk he come up and he's like well son it'll uh i told your brother because chase's younger brother uh oh red i gotta give him a shout out too he he had killed uh he had the biggest deer out of them two at that point he said i told red that uh it's gonna be real hard uh, for him to ever outdo chase now and he looked at me he said you know what it's gonna be hard for you to outdo him and i was like i, I agree with him i was like yeah for sure like i'll not i probably won't ever outdo that but you know the next day i killed 151 inch eight pointed I, I mean just you know couldn't, couldn't believe that but uh, I don't know if you have any kind of questions on that on Chase's deer or not. For you, want me to tell about my big buck? Yeah, I got a question. Is <laughs> okay. uh, he available for shooting lessons? <laughs> man, I'm telling you, Chase Parker is just a cold-blooded killer, man. He was born with it. When I was a kid, I used to go watch the Addison Bulldogs play football, and I always wanted to be like number 68 because he was just a headhunter out there. He he looked so big, but really Chase is not that big. He was just a he's just a tough main old country boy is all he is, you know. And that deer that y'all killed there, um, was something that you, one y'all had on camera that year previous. Uh and again, like you said, you may even have him on camera this year, you just have to check some of those cameras. Uh so y'all were able to, you know, have success there, get that buck killed. And, uh, you know, what kind of transitioned afterwards? I mean, when it can, you, you, you had that crazy hunt. I mean, literally y'all had like an awesome, was it like 10, 14 day period of time, uh, where y'all just been like rocking and rolling. But like, what was, yeah, the next, what, what was the game plan for the next day? Well, it was, it was six days. And so Chase's game plan was, we, he was going, he went duck hunting the next day and I just could not believe he was going duck hunting. I, was, <laughs> I don't duck hunt. I could care less about it. That's the last thing I need to start trying to do is duck hunt. And uh, he was like, I'm going to go duck hunting tomorrow. And I said, good. I said, well, I'm going I'm gonna go kill a deer bigger than yours. And, you know, he's like, yeah, okay. So the next day I'm, you know, hunting solo. Uh, don't, I don't have anybody with me or anything. And uh, so my plan was to basically it's the rut and I'm going to be in there every, every chance I get and stay every, as long as I can. So. I was actually going to a place that was close by. Whenever I left the house that morning, I was going to a place uh, that was kind of close to where me and Chase had hunted. And when I was on the way over there, I got thinking about the wind and everything. I was like, I just, I don't know, I don't know about that. So I texted him and I said, I'm going to the Pepsi can. 
And I don't, the Pepsi, I found this Pepsi can in this place. It was from like 1976. I got it sitting out there in my shop. It's kind of a cool little old piece, you know, you pick up here and there. But we just call, I call that place the Pepsi can. And I said, that's where I'm going. You know, if you, if I go missing or whatever, I always try to. So I text Chase and my dad and let them know where I was at. And so um, I had a, uh, I had a camera between my stand and the truck that two weeks prior I had put on a, a scrape and there was a, a a decent eight point on it not the deer I killed but there was a decent eight point and he was he would actually been in there in daylight a few days before and so I was totally hoping for that you know I knew the really big eight point that I killed or tent whatever you want to call him he's a mainframe eight but you know the I knew he was in there, but I'd only had him on camera at night one time, you know, and so I wasn't, you know, super hopeful on that deer, uh, killing the big deer. But so I, I set my stand, which I, I told you guys, I like staying up high in the mornings. I don't, those, when you get in those bottoms, you just, a lot of times I think you're just backing up because of the way the wind swirls and everything. So I go and I hunt and I hadn't seen anything at all and i actually i text my dad because i had service at the top of the hill and i said uh it's i said if i haven't seen anything by one o'clock i'm getting down and i'm on i had a can another camera that was off close to the creek in the bottom and the way the wind was blowing it was coming up that creek and so i kind of formed this plan in my head i was like you know, if I go down and check that camera, uh, I can ease down that creek and about four or 500 yards away, that's about 400 yards away, there's a bedding area, you know, and it's just like some old cedars and, you know, that type of stuff. And uh, I, my plan was to check my, slip down there, check my camera, and then slip down you know, kind of right outside that bedding area and be on the downwind side. And I was just going to sit on the ground, you know, the rest of the evening. So, uh, I didn't wait till one o'clock. It was like 1230 or something like that. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm getting down and I'm going to, you know, just walk that much slower. So uh, I got down, got to my, got down and checked my camera, uh, had, had that, uh, other eight point on it, you know, and, um, but I didn't have the big one. And so um, I start easing, easing that way. And this is something that I, it's, it's hard for me to explain. It's what the way I've grown as a hunter. It, it took me, um, prob, it took me about an hour and a half to move about 300 yards. And that is, you know, I, I would I would take a step and then I would, as slow as I could, I would take a step because I'm walking in. I mean, if you've been to the Black Warrior and you've been in any of the bottoms, you, you know what they look like. I mean, it's just wide open. You can see a deer, and you know I'm I'm confident that big deer in this area that I'm going, I'm trying to get myself down close enough to that thicket where I was just hoping that maybe a deer's you know, I can catch a buck come through and sit checking that thicket. And so I finally get about within like side of the thicket, I guess you would say. And 
uh, you know, I could see the, the greenery and stuff. And I mean, I would just take a step and I would just stop and look and look and look, which I've done that the whole way there too. So finally I get, I'm about a hundred yards away and you know, I take a step and I'm looking, looking and all of a sudden I see a deer. And soon as I see him, he lays down. And when he lay, I seen his horns, you know, through the, through the tree branches and through the, you know, it just, you know, kind of hard to see up in there. I, I seen his horns and I knew it was a big buck, but I didn't know how big he was. And so I, I get my scope on him and I can see him, but I can't see his head. His head's behind some trees. And so I sit there to look and look and, and the deer finally turns his head back around and I see, and I know exactly which deer it is. And I'm like, Oh God, this is, this is him. This is, this is the big deer. And I watched that deer for, I seen that deer at 225 and I watched him for 20 minutes through my scope laying there. And I, I, I'm squatted down on, pretty much not really in the wide open i had some saplings and stuff around me but i felt like i was out in the wide open and i didn't i was so many things is running through my mind about what to do you know do you, i thought if I, you know i can grunt and maybe get him on his feet but then if i do that i don't do I, you know i might not have a shot and so many things and so the winds hit me in my face it's good and then the wind kind of starts hitting me from left to right and I even feel it kind of swirl and hit on my back of my neck. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And the whole time I'm thinking, hey, there's a doe there, too. So I wanted to get a better shot, but I was afraid to to move at that point. So I, I finally, I, I got to looking at him. And, and when he turned his head and I finally said, OK, I've, I'm sitting here. And this is the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. And I've got a high-powered rifle in my hands. And I'm looking at him through the scope. And I said, I can shoot him right here, and the way this bullet's gonna come out, it'll it'll kill him. So I I leaned up real good on my and and propped up really good on my knee. Actually, sat down and propped up good on my knee and shot. And t- what I did, I taught myself into taking a shot that you know you you probably shouldn't have. And um, the only thing I know is I. I I must have hit a limb, which at the time I didn't know what if I hit a limb or not. Let me back up. So I shoot, boom, a tail right over the top of the ridge. I'm like, oh my god! But that what I knew it wasn't him because it was a little bit to the right. So it was the doe that I couldn't see. And I'm like, oh my god! And I'm like, well, is he? I, I didn't feel good about it, you know. And I was like, maybe is he laying there dead? Is you know, did I hit him? I was looking through the scope. I couldn't find him. He wasn't laying right there. I didn't hear anything. And so I ease up, you know, from, from being on the ground, I, I get to my feet real slowly and I just start kind of easing that direction. And I take about 15 steps the same way I've been walking. And it's literally, it's probably, I don't know, two or three minutes after I'd shot and I seen him move his head. He was standing up about five yards from his bed. And as soon as I seen him, I throwed up and, and shot him. And he ran about 40 yards, piling up the whole way 
down right there and, and he piled up and I knew right then and there what I'd done and I was just you know beside myself I couldn't believe how it happened you know I couldn't believe well I can believe that I know now you know why he done that he had no idea he just heard a shot boom and you know I'm sure sticks and stuff or whatever it had to go right over his back is the only thing I can think of but you know he's he got to his feet but he didn't know the doe she just she was just gonna run he didn't know which he wasn't gonna just run into something you know so he was he was just standing on his feet he was gonna find out where the threat was and just i mean thank god that when i i seen him you know just whenever i did and he was he was on his feet and i shot he was about 85 yards and uh, i shot him and he he piled up man and i was just i couldn't believe it i've got a video that and i don't know if i'll i thought about putting it on social media whenever i walk up on him uh i I don't know i might do that but it's it's it was definitely a special moment for me dude that's crazy so I, i guess you could almost say you know a huge factor of you killing that deer was having the patience even like all the way up to the shot, having the patience of slipping in like you did and, and really paying attention to your surroundings, but also after the shot to have the patience of not just running in there and trying to look for blood, but really yep. sit back, ease your way over there, and, you know, you just were able to, you know, lay eyes on before he saw you yes. and get another shot off. Absolutely, and that's, that's what I told somebody. I said, man, if I hadn't – I said, whenever I shot, the first thing I want to do is just stand up and just – you know, walk, you know, walk, walk 10 yards and just see if I could, if he was still there or not. But, you know, just, just knowing that he could still be there, you know, he doesn't, he didn't know I was anywhere around, you know, whenever I shot him, I mean, he was a hundred percent comfortable or shot at him. I mean, I didn't turn, I didn't hit him at all. That was, you know, there was not another bullet hole anywhere. I just, and I, I I mean I was shooting through some limbs and that probably shouldn't ever shot through and you know that's that's kind of how it goes but um it the the way it worked out I I couldn't be happier I mean he he's dead so you know so so well I'm gonna ask you this so you see do you see him go down or do you just hear him go down I you know when I shot him he's I mean first thing is his chest hits the ground he's trying to get to his feet he's just stumbling boom boom you know just mm-hmm. making all kind of racket and just as he you know how it is you know how they'll do like just as they are going out of sight like you can see them and all of a sudden I heard a like a thud and he was gone but I've killed enough deer man I knew I knew he was dead I had no doubt in my mind he was laying right there. he had just crashed like you know you know what one sounds like when they crash and they're they're done and it just you know i put a really a perfect shot on him and uh it couldn't have worked out any better i mean he was he he'd run about 40 yards and and just piled up so so, well you got to talk to us a little bit about this you know what was the emotion when when you find him actually put your hands on him man it's you know years and years and years you know 25 years of hunting or ever how long it's been i guess that's about right of just wanting to kill a you know 
an, a, a trophy buck, like a, a true giant deer. And it was just like, oh my goodness. It's, and you know, it, it, pro, it might would have felt the same way if it was just, you know, if I would have just walked into the Black Warrior for the first time and got lucky. But I really feel like that all of those miles, all those days of setting and all those, you know, all the effort that I've put into that moment and it came, it came right there and it was just, you know, and I'm by myself, there's no cell phone service at all. And I'm just, I'm so pumped up. I, I, you know, first thing I did was thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I so, you know, said my, my prayer and, and I, at that point, it's like, you know, I just sat there and, and was admiring him. This was it. This was a like 245, 250, something like I shot at him the first time at 245. I seen him at, it was like 220. I shot at him about 245. And then I, you know, this, by the time I got over there and checked my phone, it was, you know, right at three o'clock or something like that. And so at that point, I just, you know drag him on down to the creek and uh i'm like well i gotta get some help and uh i i it's wondering i didn't have a heart attack coming out of there because it's uh this is not a place that's easy to get to at all and uh i i got out and got back to the almost to the truck where i had some service and I called Chase and I said, Chase, get to the Pepsi can right now. And he, <laughs> he, he was, he was like, what'd you kill? What'd you kill? I said, just get over here right now. You won't believe it. And, uh, I called him, called my dad. Uh, he was, he, he didn't help us drag it out, but he was, he was there at the truck whenever, whenever I come out with him. And, uh, you know, it took us, it took us a little while getting him out, but, uh, it was, it was all worth it. And, Man, it, it the emotions you asked about that, and I, I tried to answer that. And it's you know words until you've hunted like we hunt, you know, and you guys know. Only and the, most of these guys listening to this podcast are going to know, you know, especially you know I've not killed a a lot of big deer. I got a lot of deer on the wall that you know people would call trophy bucks, but I want to go to that next level, you know, and that was. This is the the first, you know, just giant deer that I killed, and it was just, you know, so much work coming in at one point. Just man, it's 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 just hard to describe it. Words just really can't describe it for me. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say this, you know, like you said, it's one of those things that it's hard to describe those moments. I mean, I think a lot of us, you know, listening and everything, um, have been in situations like that where. You know, everything kind of comes together. You might not even expected it. And to me, those are like some of the most memorable hunts, like the ones where you go in and it's like, uh, you know, it seems like an okay day. And then all of a sudden a, a switch flips and it becomes, you know, one of the more memorable hunts uh, of your, you know, so far hunting career. Um, so that's awesome, dude. And I mean, I can, again, I can't imagine, especially like Chase. Well, well hey, I got to ask this. You're talking about Chase. What was Chase's reaction when uh, he saw that deer? <laughs> well i told him i was like man well i think we're just gonna have to pack this thing out we actually uh was was kind of planning on that and 
uh, we got down there to it, and he was like, oh, my God, Haynes Riddle, what have you done? You've killed a giant. He said, this is coming out with us in one piece. <laughs> we're getting this thing out of here. There's no way we're about to cut the head off this thing and take the meat. We're taking this out, and we're going to show it to anybody and everybody that will look at it. And I said, all right, buddy, let's do it. I said, I wouldn't ever ask anybody to try to help me get this deer out of this place. And he said, are you kidding me? After all this stuff, are you and I said, well, if you're willing, buddy, we're we're doing it. And so, we uh, the hill we had to go out, man. You couldn't you couldn't walk and drag at all. So we had a rope, and I would get up above him, and we would he would be on the horns, and we'd get a good foothold. We just you know one, two, three, and we moved him, you know, like three or four foot at a time. You know, I don't know how many hundred yards like that. Just, but I mean it. Honestly, we it we took a few breaks, but our bodies couldn't keep up with what our uh, you know our emotions and the adrenaline and everything. Our bodies was trying to give out. We was you know getting out of breath a little more, uh, you know than what what our uh, emotions was wanting us to. But you know, and you said like you know the days you don't expect that, and that's that that is what is so special about Black Warrior Man. You. You gotta know that, and I've heard Wes Moy say this: your season can change in a matter of seconds. And you know, I went, I went down there, I went down to that thicket, you know, to kill a deer, and it, it, you know, nine times out of ten, you know, it's not going to happen. But putting yourself in that situation and just trying to uh, really expect the unexpected, you know, that it out exactly how i had it planned i mean i was planning on getting in there real quiet and slow and just sitting down and then seeing a deer but that's not how it worked out it it wasn't the way it was meant to be and and honestly man if looking at that deer through that scope for 20 minutes and then shooting at him and like oh god i'm pretty sure i meant you know pretty sure i missed that deer and then to be able to get a second shot on him and know that he's piles up, piles up just right there is just, you know, there's, I'll, I don't know. It'll hard. To, it'll be the rest of my life. I don't know if I'll ever have a hunt that has that much, I guess you'd say, emotion to it to, well, to be able to, to go through all the ups and downs like that. I'll say this. Anybody that's gone up there and hunted Black Warrior and has put in the the time you know you just go hunt after hunt and you're not seeing anything and you just you want to give up you know you you've put in the time you've you've done the work and it's just not happening and for for that for that week that y'all had i mean that's that's something special especially to be able to share it with somebody like that because you know y'all are going through it together you know Mm -hmm. All of the all of the effort, all of those hikes, all of those hot days scouting, fooling with the ticks and the the rattlesnakes, and there's quite a few rattlesnakes up there. Oh, not yeah. as not as much as a, this other WMA that <laughs> we we spent a good bit of time on, but there's a, a good bit up there, and um, and I can attest to that. I mean, I don't know how many hundreds of miles I put put on that place, and um, you know, I've I've had you know opportunities, and I've whiffed on every single one of them on all the good bucks but um but you know it's it's just it's something good because i don't you know i've i've got mr perry that you know I, i'm able to share with now you know and talk to about you know hunting black warrior but 
you know, I've never, uh, years ago I had a, a, a buddy, Nathan Prots, and we used to scout up there all the time, but it's been quite a number of years since I've had anybody to, uh, to go up there and put in some legwork with. And, uh, it's something you, you miss out on and especially, you know, to be able to share those moments with somebody, um, mm-hmm. you know, it just, uh, it, it's just something different. Well, brother, if you need somebody, just let me know. Cause I've, Believe it or not, I've had, I don't know, I've got a bunch of buddies that are wanting to go now <laughs> after all that. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's going to want want you to put on the deer. Oh, yeah. Put them oh, on the yeah. deer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had some of them, some of my buddies trying to guilt trip me. And mess <laughs> me I'm like, man. Yeah, you, you didn't, know, you, you didn't see I them out there in the summer. Them, like, yeah, you want, I said, all right, this July, whenever I go over there, you know, you, find, you tell me where you want to go and we'll go in July and I'll tell you you know where i'd hang a camera and where i'd probably hunt at but that's that's about as good as it's going to get you know yep but uh awesome well uh haynes of course dude it's awesome experience so far this season i'm I'm glad you know you've been able to take a few things away from the podcast over the last couple years and different guests have been helpful for you and now you're kind of finally putting together dude i mean i know you've been having some, some success the last year or so but um you know really kind of it seems like you're kind of coming into stride of of having a little bit more confidence when it comes to now, what are you actually looking for and kind of building upon it? So let me ask you this as kind of like a final question. What have you learned from this experience so far that this, from, from this season that you're then going to try to replicate and try to build upon, you know, especially for next year? I would definitely say, you know, if you will call it boots on the ground or hard work, is is definitely going to pay off sometime now it it paid off all at one time for us and that's don't i don't want anybody to think that that's going to happen we kind of i feel like we almost caught lightning in a bottle with that and you know it just that's just the way that it it was meant to be i guess and we just had those three opportunities and, and made the best of it and you know just be tough man just you know the mental game with deer hunting, you know, just get, you know, making yourself get up and go on those days when you'd rather lay in the bed and sleep in or, and whenever you want to get down, you know, you start hearing people driving, you know, by and stuff, you can hear their trucks and stuff. And you're just like, man, I, you know, you want to get down, but just, you know, like Bobby Worthington said it, man, you know, most big, if you're going to kill big, bucks man you gotta have i think he called it the tenacity to do it and you know it just goes into that kind of that mental game of are you gonna be tough enough to you know do this and you know you make yourself do it and and make yourself in the off season do the work because you can do in-season scouting yeah you can do it but i'm telling you you need to get in there whenever it's not deer season get your cameras out don't don't overcheck your cameras don't don't go in a place too much walk slow as you possibly can make as little of noise if you if you're hunting out of a climber like that's what I, I hunt out of a summit goliath i'm a big guy i mean i'm six five two forty and i you know i'm i'm gonna have to hunt out of my summit goliath if i'm gonna sit there all day like i do and if you haven't if you haven't you know got some kind of tape and, and silenced your stand, you know, make your setup, make it where you're 100% comfortable with everything. Make, make everything as easy as possible because it's not going to be easy. 
everything about your setup make it easy make your your scouting days that you do plan ahead don't say well i'm just gonna go and see what i can find have a destination in mind but scout on the way there and then do a either circle back or do like me and chase do we'll take two trucks and we'll drive one way around you know and park and leave it and then drive back and go and start and then kind of walk almost like a line and go through some places like that i mean just just put in the time and put in the effort and don't you know let let the wood speak to you man there's no substitute for woodsmanship you you try to read the woods and and read what the the deer are doing you know i mean that the hunt where i killed the big buck you know i'd sit there till one o'clock and you know i hadn't seen anything and i'd heard a lot of traffic and i I just felt like the deer was probably in the bottoms you know and i felt like that was my best opportunity to get my or best bet to get myself in a position to kill a deer is to get in there where the deer are and that's that for me was a very aggressive type move that's not something but that's something that i've learned from listening to guys on the show that hunt like that all the time you know and so just 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 be tough and 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 hunt as much as you can whenever you can don't leave just to you know don't don't leave the tree stand just to you know go get something to eat and or just you know go sit at home or whatever sit there all day you never know when that big buck's gonna come by or when you're gonna have your opportunity at him just just stay and staying in a stand all day will teach you so much too about you know you'll see a lot of deer and it might not be the deer that you're wanting to shoot but it'll teach you a lot about what the deer's doing i mean i know pretty well what the rut is i believe i know what the rut's what it's doing right now over in in the black warrior just because of you know the amount of time i've spent over there i think i know about where we're at and so i'm hoping i've got a few big deer found on the b side man and i'm hoping that i would love to tag out on the b side that would be a a dream come true so that's that's kind of my goal the next couple of weekends is to is to kill one of those big bruisers but that's that's my best advice that i can give to these guys and just listen to what all these vets i'm i'm an expert i don't know it all if i should have said that up front you know i've i've figured a few things out i believe but it's been you know through trial and error and listening to some of these guys if if you think you know the what you're doing's right but it's not working then it's probably not right there's probably a better way to do it and a better way to go about it so be open-minded about it so that would be my best advice to to give to these guys well haynes we uh we really appreciate you coming on and uh we wish you the best of luck uh you and chase both uh on these upcoming gun hunts i appreciate it brother Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman. And thank you to Blackberry Smoke for the music for the podcast. Also, to follow along with us, make sure you check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Until next time, y'all stay Southern.
All right, guys, we're starting to get kind of close to summer here. And you know what my favorite part about summer is? The Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard us talk about it a lot last year, and we actually got to meet a lot of you guys at that expo. Well, we're excited to announce we're going to be there again. This time it's going to be in Dalton, Georgia, June 28th through June 30th. We are going to be there all three days. We're going to have a bunch of past podcast guests there. We're going to have a booth where you can come by and grab some merchandise. And I'm sure we're going to be recording all kinds of podcasts there. If you're unfamiliar, the Mobile Hunters Expo is the place you need to be if you are the kind of hunter that listens to this podcast this show was literally made for you it is an excellent group of people that are going to be there a lot of whitetail killers from around the southeast are going to be there you're going to get to talk to them shake their hand learn from them in person make some connections and guys we get a lot of questions about hey, which saddle should i get which tree stand should i get what about this piece of gear what about that piece of gear how do I meet other hunters who want to hunt the same way that I do? You know, finding a good hunting buddy. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a place for all of that. So you guys don't miss it. June 28th through the 30th, Dalton, Georgia. We'll see you there.